Welcome back for another episode of a Run and Thought Podcast coming to you all the way from on top of a volcano in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I'm Clint and thanks for joining me again for another episode. Uh, so let's get right into it. Um, exciting week or past several weeks actually. Um, let me go ahead and start off with a supplement shout out. Uh, for this supplement shout out, I'm going to be shouting out uh, Scratch uh, Recovery Mix. I've been using that because I've been doing some uh, activities that have required me to sweat a lot. And I find that using that recovery mix, um, I'm using the horchata flavored um, but they also make chocolate and I believe uh, vanilla if you're not into horchata. Um, been using it to replenish uh, what I've lost in some uh, activities, including hot yoga and also um, half of an ultra marathon. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a, a life lesson, a teachable moment. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I really wanted to, to shout out. Um, also I've said it before, but I use, um, a couple things daily, uh, turkey tail, uh, mushroom capsules from, uh, Paul Stamets and also get, uh, multivitamin with, uh, testosterone support and also um multi-test i think is what it's called um i use the gold i usually um was using the the tablets but then i've switched to the elite which is a powder that mixes up with water and makes like a little drink um currently not using that they recommend that you do two weeks off two weeks on which is uh weird because it is kind of like steroids because i think they do cycles um when you're taking anabolic steroids i don't but anyway maybe it's just a marketing thing um just to make it more edgy but anyways i usually take those things um daily but yeah I, the only thing that's changed is I've changed from the gold um, testosterone support to the Elite, which is a powder drink mix. Um, so, yep, that's it for a supplement shout-out. Um, on to Big Island races. Um, I've got several sites pulled up here. I'll go ahead and start with um, Ultra Sign Up because uh, Ultras are near and dear to my heart. And... Maybe to most people that listen to this um, podcast as well. So on Ultra Sign Up right now for the Big Island, um, Under the Moon, 200K, 100K, 100K Relay, 50K, 50K Relay, and 25, and it ran out of room. So I'm not sure all of the other events that are going to be in this one, but uh that's Under the Moon, Saturday, June 26, 2021. Um, 
the city listed is Hilo, but uh, please check the website or Ultra sign up for more information. Again, that's under the moon. 200K, 100K, 100K relay, 50K, 50K relay, and 25, which I'm assuming is 25K. Um, and there may be other sub events there. Uh, time for wine, which is a six hour, which means you just go for as far as you can go for six hours. Um, a 5K and then three hours, which means you go as far as you can go uh, for three hours. That's going to be Saturday, August 21st, 2021. And Volcano is the city that's listed there. Again, check Ultra Sign Up um, or the the race website for more details. And then finally, Go Big is a 260-miler, 260-miler relay, 100-miler relay, and then 100 something, 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 something. Uh, it cut off, but I'm assuming that's uh, 100K. Um, that's Friday, December 31st, 2021. Um, the city list is Hilo, but as I said before, check the website or ultra sign up for more details. This next set of races is brought to you by hawaiirunningroom.com because that's where I'm reading off these. They don't um, support this podcast in any way except for providing this nice consolidated list of races around the different islands. For uh, Big Island, it looks like uh, January 2020, um, Revel Kalia. That is a full marathon, half marathon road run in Waikoloa. That's going to be on Saturday, January 18th at 6.30 a.m. Uh, more details at hawaiirunningroom.com slash races. Uh, run for Hope 5K is going to be Sunday, September 9th at 7 a.m. And that's at the Four Season Resorts in Hualalai. Um, that is a 5K run walk. In March 2020, I just realized I'm reading stuff for 2020. Now I feel stupid. I'm an idiot. All right. So um, I'm thinking that maybe hawaiirunningroom.com needs to update their their race site. But then I also need to read um, before I start announcing stuff. Good thing I pulled up other sites. So on to races for this year. Sorry about that. Pardon me. I am a moron. Um, <laughs> March 14th, 2021. That's going to be on a Sunday. Big Island International Marathon. That is a full marathon, half marathon, 10K, 5K, and a two-mile run. That's going to be in Hilo, Hawaii. And you can get more details on that at runninginthusa.com. And look for Hawaii County, races in Hawaii County. Um, that is a Boston Marathon qualifier for anyone that is uh, interested in that detail. Uh, June 5th, 2021, that is a Saturday. Ironman 70.3, that's going to be in Waimea. Uh, that is a half triathlon for people that like to multitask. Um, June 26, 2021. Another Saturday, Under the Moon. I already read that. 200K, 100K, 50K. Um, 
Hilo, Hawaii is a start, finishes in Waimea. I'm assuming that that is different depending on the different distances that you run. Maybe I should try not to read the ones that I've already read as well so as not to be redundant. Um, the Kona Marathon, June 27th, 2021. That's on a Sunday. That is a full marathon, half marathon, 10K and 5K run. That's going to be in Kailua, Kona. August 21st, 2021, the time for wine. I think I already read this too, <laughs> but it's a six hour, three hour, 5k trail run. Uh, that is in Volcano. Um, September 18th, 2021, this is a favorite of mine, the Kau Coffee Trail Runs. That is a half marathon, 10k, 5k trail run, and that's a nice one. That one will make your legs feel uh, nice and wobbly. That's in Pahala, Hawaii. October 9th, 2021, the Ironman World Championship. That is the Ironman Triathlon in Kona, Hawaii. Um, November 13th, 2021, the 100% Pure Kona Coffee Marathon. 26.2 and 13.1. That is a full marathon and a half marathon. And that's going to be in Kailua, Kona. Um... Probably way far out ahead, but uh, I'll just finish off this list. November 13, 2021, the FLWR Walk Run for Literacy. That's a 5K run in Waikoloa. November 26, 2021, Ultraman World Championships. That's an ultra triathlon. Kailua, Kona, Hawaii. And then finally, December 19, 2021, the Jingle Bell Beach Run, it's a 5K in Kailua Kona on the Big Island. All right, so thanks a lot to runningintheusa.com for compiling that list. Um, you can check out all the race details for those that I just read on runningintheusa.com. Um, and I'll go ahead and move on to the next. Uh, I did want to briefly mention... Um, Hawaii Running Lab is hosting a Kalapoi Mile 10K and 40 Miler. Um, you can go to hawaiirunninglab.com slash Kalapoi. That's K-A-L-A-P-A-W-A-I. Um, and you can see details for that one. But essentially... Um, the registration is between January 21st and March 21st. You will have until March 31st to upload your results. Um, you run one of the, the distances, which are, uh, again, one mile, 10K, or 40 miler, and read all the rest of the details at hawaiirunninglab.com. Um, they did have another one listed, but that one is um, unfortunately already done it looks like so on to the next um i'm looking i'm looking i had another uh list i'm gonna try to go down through this one and miss everything that i've already read um of course if i didn't already i, I think i've already mentioned this but big island international marathon march 14th 2021 that's uh I think next week or the week after, something like that. Yeah, so that's a cool one. Check that one out. That's a nice uh, a nice route. Um, I might need to jump in on that 
Um, all right. The next one. Hapalua Hawaii Half Marathon. That is in Waimea, Hawaii. It says virtual. Um, I don't know if all of these are virtual. You can check out details for that at runguides.com slash Hawaii slash runs. Um, that's going to be April 11, 2021. Um, again, Hapalua Hawaii's Half Marathon. Um, it says virtual road and half marathon. So check on that. Um, Volcanoes Ohia Lahua half marathon. That's June, 2021 to be determined. So I'm not sure if that means they don't know if that's going to happen or, or if it's maybe not going to happen on that date, but anyway, that's in volcano. That is a trail 5k half marathon. Um, I think, let's see. There's another volcano. Ohia Lahua run. Um, in July 2021, that is a road 5K, 10K half marathon. I don't know if that's just like a different placeholder date from the other one, but again, you can get more details at runningguys.com slash Hawaii slash runs. Um, the 100% Pure Kona Coffee Marathon, I think I already read this, but just in case I didn't, that's on November 2021. 100 to 500 participants in Kailua Kona. I don't know why I read the number of participants on that one. But anyways, um, Hawaii Bird Conservation Marathon, December 2021. That is also to be determined, um, Hilo, Hawaii. And... Hilo to volcano ultra volcano Hilo to volcano ultra and relay that is slated for somewhere around uh January 2022 um Hilo Hawaii uh, that one goes all the way from coconut island up to volcano um that is a 50k and 50k relay for anybody interested in that. And um, this one actually uh, lists a little a little event that I just did. Um, the Bacoa F- Spring Fling is going to be February uh, 2022. Uh, that's to be determined. Um, I don't know. Why is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, Hawaii County, Hawaii, it says... Um, it's actually a little north, and now I can't remember the name of that place. But look up Bacoa Farms, uh, B-O-K-O-A. Um, that is where this one will be taking place, I believe. Um, I just did the, uh, I guess, summerish or winterish version of this. Uh, and it was uh, very challenging, but we'll get to that in just a second. All right. I'm sorry that you guys had to deal with me stumbling through all those lists, but I think that's about um, all the things that I can mess up reading for um, races coming up. Uh, on to shoe stories, and I promise to only tell true shoe stories. Um, as I mentioned previously a bunch of million times, I usually wear the Ultra Q 
King MTs, and I like them a lot because of the V-Room outsoles. I'm not sponsored by them, but if anybody from Ultra is listening, I would love to be. Um, I have found that maybe I need to up, not upgrade, but um, keep uh, a more cushioned shoe in my quiver uh, for runs that are going to be uh, longer in duration or perhaps um, a little more stressful um, and rougher uh, I don't want to say rougher terrain because the King MTs are, are pretty capable with um, the Vibram outsoles and they're kind of um, aggressive uh, sort of cleated uh, tread um, but um, case in point I did uh, part of a 50k <laughs> I only made it for 16 miles uh, not last weekend but the weekend before I believe um, and that was the that was a Bukoa event but I can't remember to save my life what the actual like full name of the event was um, but Bukoa Spring Fling it's the same uh, organizers and the same location um and it may actually even be the same one that I did, but I just know that there's two Bokoa events. So um, at any rate, um, I could easily look on Ultra Sign Up and tell you, but I've already closed that window. So, oh, well, we'll just let, let me get back to the point. So during that, I was wearing um, the King MTs. And so I'm not going to blame everything 100% on um, the shoes. A lot of that uh, was because of my condition going into uh, that event. But I will say that it may not have hurt to actually have had something more like the um, Olympus or at least um, like a temp or um, these are all ultra models. Uh, what is the, the other one? That I can't think of now, Lone Peaks. Um, that ha- they weigh a little bit more, but they also have um, a little more cushion in there. Um, who's to say if I would have fared uh, any better? But um, but I think I may need to get a new pair of the Olympus, which has recently undergone some some changes in the new version. It's a lot lighter. And um, not as clunky. You can just look at it and tell that it's not as clunky. Um, so stability would probably be less of an issue. And then um, I heard it from somebody who uh, actually ran around Big Island. Um, and I think I, that they know what they're talking about just based off of uh, that alone. But uh they did say that those were lighter um, than the older model Olympus. So I may may have some of those in my future. But um, but yeah, so as far as shoe stories, that's that's my only true shoe story is that I love the um, Ultra King MTs and they were very durable. And I did get them wet during that um, during that race. 
but they dried pretty quickly and they adhered to the ground I made purchase and I never felt um, unstable or um, like I might slip or anything. Um, so they, they did their job for sure, but I probably could have used uh, maybe a little bit more cushioning. My legs were toast um, around the halfway point. And a lot of, well, all of that particular race was uphill or downhill. Um, so like I say, I don't know if it would have made a huge difference in the outcome, but uh, I probably wouldn't have hurt to have a little bit more cushioning um, underneath. But it also wouldn't have hurt to have had a lot more training um, leading up to that on inclines going up and down hills. Um, I've pretty much been on beach road for this whole year. But anyway, I'm, I'm straying from the point. That's my only shoe story. Maybe try to diversify your shoe portfolio just a little bit. I'm not recommending that you um, buy like eight pairs of shoes, but you may want to have um, a pair of cushiony ones just on uh, retainer in case you need them. Um, yeah, and so that's just the, the flip side because I'm usually touting um, the King MTs. Those are kind of my favorite ultra model, but um, sometimes there are use cases for a little bit more cushion. Don't try to be a Rambo. Don't try to be a hero in King MTs on a 50K or a 50 miler or a 100 miler. Um, all right, so... I digress. Trail time. hey Now I'm going to tell you more about the um, 50K that I did last, not last weekend, but the weekend before. Let me pull up Ultra Sign Up real quick, just so I can tell you for real what the race was that I did. It's so funny for me to call anything a race because I I do not race when I'm in these things. I, I'm a turtle. I take it pretty slow. So let me see if I can log in here. I thought that you could log into stuff and sort of see your past stuff. I'm so out of it. Ultra sign up. I mean, no offense to ultra sign up, but they've never had the best site in terms of navigating around. Um, they're working on it. It's gotten better. All right. So look, here's the results. Let's see if anything comes up. Um, I'm searching for myself. That is not me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Crap. Okay, here we go. Clinton Fowler's results. Okay. 
so it was the Bacoa Spring Fling, and the name of the place where it's at is Ninole. And if you go to Ultra Sign Up and you look at the results for that, you will notice that next to my name is a huge DNF, which stands for did not finish. Oh my goodness. Um, and it looks like they're maybe photos. There might be photos of me there. Not sure. Ultra Sign Up's weird. But that's what I want to kind of talk about. Is that big old DNF? Um, so in the past, I've done much longer events than that 50K. And so I went into that with a certain amount of hubris, but also a certain amount of understanding that uh, my training over the, the past year has not been what it needed to be. Um, when I ran the 100-mile ultramarathon, um, my year prior to that, like leading up to that, um, understand that event was that only lasted for around 30 hours um, for me. <laughs> for some people, it lasted much less. But um, that still... Um, when you put it in perspective is a relatively short amount of time for all of the trail time that I spent leading up to that event over the course of the preceding, you know, year and probably year and a half, um, for about a year and a half without fail, I ran every day, uh, somewhere in the ballpark of at least seven miles and that wasn't uh, a flat seven miles. That was up an incline and then back down an incline and then, you know, side roads and everywhere in between. Um, and so I had, you know, I built my muscles and my muscle memory and my body to be efficient on uh, these inclines and then mentally... Uh, you know, built up toughness to be able to handle, um, you know, going up and down these rocky, um, this rocky terrain um, in all kinds of weather, rain uh, or shine. Um, and so this year, not so much. I've mostly been going down to Beach Road uh, or down by Hilo Bay, which is incredibly flat. I mean, you're, you're just basically right there at uh, sea level as well. Um, and there's really not any elevation gain or elevation loss uh, on either of those routes. Now, when I used to run the more southerly parts of Beach Road, there was a minute amount of elevation gain and loss, but nothing um, in comparison to um, the watershed management area where I did most of my training for the um, the 100 miler uh, or, you know, Mauna Kea or power lines or, or somewhere like that where it's a little bit or a lot of bit tougher uh, terrain and, um, you know, a little more talk about diversifying, um, portfolios, uh, diversifying your portfolio of toughness and, um, ability to deal with discomfort. 
Um, I just have not been doing that this year. And um, so I went into the Bokoa Spring Fling. It was kind of not a great week or two for me. I've been doing hot yoga, as I mentioned before. That's something that I recently started. And I do like going to those uh, hot yoga classes. I enjoy the heat um, because there's, um, you know, you get to sweat everything out. And I do sweat a lot. I don't really know if there's... uh, if there's like a medical benefit to that, but it feels good to me. Um, I get to, to do some things that are super uncomfortable, um, and kind of, uh, build up that, that kind of toughness, um, mentally, uh, also gaining a lot of flexibility. I'm noticing just in the few weeks that I've been going that, um, I've been able to, you know, stretch a little bit more, you know, kind of touch my toes and bend a little bit closer to my knees and, you know, becoming more flexible. So I'm all for it. And the only reason that I said all that is because I didn't want to make it seem like the next thing I'm going to say that I'm putting down um, yoga or hot yoga or whatever. But I, this is probably because of bad technique, but um, I had also overstretched my legs uh down near the calcaneus like the heel of my foot hopefully the calcaneus is the way that you pronounce that and also the right um anatomical location (laughs) i hope i'm not messing that up but uh right down at the heel of your foot where everything sort of uh attaches down there. I think I pulled something or strained it or whatever. So every time I was walking on my, uh, or running on my uh, right leg down at the ankle, I've got something, you know, that's causing me pain. So I'm kind of like limping around, um, on that, just probably over stretching it during hot yoga. Um, and not really training, you know. So I went into this event, you know, thinking uh, with a certain amount of hubris, you know, thinking I've done uh, tough things before. I'll draw out of my mental cookie jar and um, this will suck, but I'll get through it. Um, unfortunately, uh, this is not my my saying, but I like it a lot. You can't believe that you're going to climb um, a rope in gym class. Like you can't just show up with uh, with the belief, you know, believe in yourself, and then you're going to climb the the rope in gym class. Like, unfortunately there's a little bit more to it than that. You actually have to practice and train and, and get good at that uh, before you just waltz into gym class and climb up the rope. And so if you don't keep sharpening that skill, um, you can lose it. And so I learned during this 50K that just because I've done hard things in the past doesn't mean that I can just show up you know, out of shape, um, injured as well. And then 
just fumble my way through um, an event. And so I ended up, I, I got to the halfway point and I knew that I needed to pronounce that particular run dead. Um, just because of the way that my legs were feeling, I, I knew that going the second half, um, would probably have me laid up for a lot longer than I wanted to be. Um, and also at this point, I'm not really, I'm not keen on visiting any hospitals, uh, or acquiring any kind of, uh, medical bills. And I didn't want to get some kind of a really crazy overuse injury or risk, um, possibly something tearing, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm 40 years old now. And so there's kind of a expectation that things will sort of, uh, break down. I'm hoping that's not true and I'm hoping to stay in shape, but I'm still, um, I'm kind of overly cautious about that. Um, I just, you know, maybe it was the wrong thing to do, or maybe it was the right thing to do, but I kind of just made a judgment call on, I, I don't want to be injured. I want to be able to still run, you know, a week from now and, um, you know, just kind of wait it that way. That was my rationale. And so, um, I, I didn't relish it, but, um, I knew that, uh, I had already done two loops and I had two more to go and my legs are just exhausted. Now I will say that, um, one of the things that I've learned in doing, um, much, much longer events is that it does not always get worse. Sometimes these things actually do get better. Um, I probably could have stayed and stuck it out. Um, I think I was in a poopy pants frame of mind that day and just, um, did not have the, the resolve, the intestinal fortitude to, to press on, but it was a good, uh, learning lesson for me. And, um, that's how I'm going to look at it. And I think that anytime you, so you have to be careful. You don't want to overthink things and talk yourself out of, um, finishing tough things. Um, you know, talk yourself out of it when you could have finished something tough. Uh, make a bunch of excuses. So you don't want to go too far, but then um, on the other side of that coin, you have to kind of assess, like, is this going to be worth it to, um, you know, damage my body and possibly, you know, have to wear a brace or be out of, um, be inactive for several weeks after this. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I need to stay active. I want to, I want to be able to stay active, but anyway, excuses, excuses. Um, that's my story about the, uh, 50 K the, the takeaway is, um, girls and boys don't forget to continuously, 
uh, do hard things, do tough things that keep you sharpened um, so that you don't lose that perspective and you don't lose that sort of um, mental toughness. Um, yeah, don't show up to the <laughs> to the 50k unprepared. It was pretty embarrassing for me to to have to stop. I did feel embarrassed and I did feel um, a little bit of like I uh, what's the word like I didn't feel sorry for the organizer not that's not the right the right word but I I felt bad like I felt disrespectful in quitting halfway like they had gone through the trouble to organize this thing and they were going to be there um, for the rest of the day until everybody finished and then there were other people that were out on the trail that were actually you know dealing with their own um, circumstances and finishing it out and so um, there was all kinds of things that I I felt um, I didn't lose any sleep over it Um, I wasn't like that distraught but I did there was a certain amount of you know I'm sorry kind of feeling you know that I didn't finish but anyways I've talked this into the ground just remember to to keep doing tough things and uh, keep yourself sharp and I also point that finger back at myself and um, will be remembering that advice as well um on to the next. Oh, wait, no, no, trail time. Let's stay right there. So um, in kind of piggybacking off that whole conversation, or not conversation, but story about the 50K and not doing hard things, I got invited um, to a run actually at that after I had I had quit. Um, and my, uh, my legs were still, you know, hurting and burning and cramping and... Uh, and sore. Um, I got invited to a run on Mount Achaia on R1. So if you're not familiar with R1, um, it runs around, well, kind of like up and around uh, Mount Achaia, which is a 14,000 foot uh, elevation um, mountain. It's a dormant volcano or maybe extinct. I don't know the exact status of that one. Um, on the island of Hawaii, uh, it's the tallest uh, elevation, the highest elevation on uh, the big island. I think in all the, the islands, I think. Uh, but anyways, uh, we did not go all the way to 14,000 feet. Of course, we hovered around uh, 10,000, I do believe, like between nine and 10,000 feet. Um, but I got invited to this run while I'm still reeling from the, uh, <laughs> the half of a 50 K that I just, uh, uh, quit. Um, and I was like, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll go to that. I didn't really see how that was going to happen, but you know, I figured it'll probably take me about a week to get over, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness and, um, hopefully resolve this heel issue. The heel issue is still there. So I, 
I don't think I really, really, really messed anything up, but I think I really messed something up. Not really, 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 but just really. Um, but so I got invited to this thing and, uh, I didn't know if I would actually be able to, to go or not. I fingers were crossing and I was hoping that everything would resolve. And it sort of did like by the following Wednesday, uh, I ran the, the, the 50 K the half of 50 K I ran on uh, Saturday and then the following Wednesday. So, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, I was already feeling a lot better. I kind of knew that by Friday I would be good enough to, to get back out on the trail. So, um, you know, everything got firmed up, you know, as far as the details and I made my commitment, you know, I'll be there, um, 7am on Saturday, uh, to start this thing. Uh, of course I arrived about, I think five or seven minutes late and, um, took my sweet ass time, uh, getting all my stuff together. Sorry about that. Everybody that was there, um, for holding everybody up, but that's just, that's basically my, my MO. And, uh, that's why I run alone most of the time. Uh, I'm not a huge talker and, um, it's not that I don't like people or I don't enjoy, uh, the company of others sometimes I, I like to have quiet time usually during running. Uh, that's, that's my quiet time. But then also I'm so slow about everything that it's highly annoying for people that are much more efficient and prepared. So, um, yeah, but anyway, made my commitment, went to sleep, got up the next morning. It was uh, pouring down rain in Hilo. Um, which is much, much lower elevation down towards the, uh, the shore or basically on the shore. Um, it's pouring down rain. I think there was even some lightning going on. Um, texted some folks, you know, Hey, are we still doing this? Yeah. That was about, you know, like four or five in the morning. And so I got all my stuff put in the truck, um, got ready and then, uh, started driving. It took about, I think maybe about like an hour, maybe a little under an hour. I don't remember to get to, um, the visitor center at, uh, Mount Achaia. And I don't know if I fully explained R1, but, uh, I get sidetracked. Um, we met up at the visitor center around seven, we'll say seven ish. And the weather was actually better up there. Um, it cleared out because it is uh, at about, I think like 9,800 feet or something like that. Um, where we met, it was a little bit cold though. Um, I think the temperature was around 50 degrees, something like that at the visitor center. Um, I was not woefully unprepared, but a little bit not as good, not as well prepared as I should have been. I only took, uh, I don't know, a long sleeve, um, what do you call it? Like a polyester or synthetic uh, shirt, like a running shirt, like a moisture wicking type 
uh, thing, um, long sleeve, like I say, and uh, was wearing shorts up there. And uh, I had no like beanie cap, nothing to really retain heat, uh, no hooded uh, jacket or anything like that. Um, and nothing that was water, waterproof, um, or windproof, just my, uh, pack. Um, and I had some beef jerky and a couple of those, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're like a protein cookie. Um, and so I had enough to, to go, but <laughs> not enough to like go safely. Um, so I show up to this thing and then I get my stuff ready pretty fast. Um, thankfully I already had some scratch mixed up from the, the ultra marathon the weekend before I had just put in the refrigerator and let it sit all week. I don't even know if it retained all of its electrolyte replenishing properties, uh, during that week, but I had it. So I, I took it with me. It was just one less thing to, to have to, um, make or mix up when I got there. Um, but so I had all that stuff and I put my pack together pretty quickly. Um, and there's a reason that I'm telling all of this, uh, we get all our stuff and we get going. There was not, there was a con, not a, not a hateful pressure, I guess, but there was a, there was kind of a laughing pressure to like, let's, let's get going. Um, like a mild joking type pressure, I I guess. Um, but so we, we got going, we got out on the trail and, um, it got substantially colder as we climbed and, uh, you know, my legs were still a little bit kind of upset with me from the weekend previous, but I knew that I needed to do this, um, because it was the first step in many towards kind of building up my, um, that resilience that I need to have, um, for future events. Um, and so we, we got on the trail, everything's going good. Uh, I, I realize once it starts getting a little bit colder that, um, I had neglected to put my thermal blanket. I've got a Mylar blanket that I usually put in my pack, um, and take with me cause you just never know, um, when you may need that, um, in my mind, this may not work in, in real life, but in my mind, that, uh, blanket could not only serve as like a, a warmth, uh, or a water shielding type device, but it could also be, um, sort of a occlusive, uh, type of dressing, um, for, you know, and if, if there's nothing else to, to use, um, it could be used to, to maybe stop blood flow. I, I don't know, applying pressure on a a wound, um, but mainly to keep water off of you and to keep, uh, retain your body warmth, um, in an emergency situation. So I had not taken that. I had left it in my truck and I had not taken any of my little, I've got little breakout first aid 
kits that I will put in my pack sometimes. It's nothing much. It's just, uh, you know, some some bandages and, um, you know, like uh, like some balm uh, for, like, chafing or whatever. And uh, some little uh, plastic gloves or whatever. I, that kind of thing. I'll just put it in, like, a Ziploc bag. I've got a ton of them. And then I'll just put it in my pack, carry it with me. Um, I didn't take a ACE bandage, which I usually do take with me. Um, so I neglected those things. It's not that I, I would, I wouldn't have been fine without them. I was fine without them, but it's just, you know, what if I would have needed them and then I didn't have them. And so, um, the, the reason I mentioned all that is because in my rush, um, and this was something that was out of my element. Usually I don't run with other people and so I kind of I'm not blaming anybody else uh, but I kind of listened to them more than I listened to myself and so they were ready to go and I just tried to like hurry um, as fast as I could and and just get gone Um, but what I should have done was taking a minute just to think like um, do I have everything that I need um, I did bring my cell phone, which is always, you should always take your cell phone with you, like inside of uh, some some kind of a bag or, or something to keep the, um, or a case or whatever to keep the water off of it. Um, even if it's a sunny day, always take your phone in something that's uh, watertight, just in case. Uh, if you're ever in an emergency the difference between life and death could could possibly be that phone. Um, that's your best bet over anything first aid or whatever that you could have is having that phone and, and it working to be able to call um, 911 in an emergency. Uh, the other thing that I didn't do is I didn't really let anybody know that I was going up to Mauna Kea to, to run. Um, so I kind of, that's, that's kind of an unforgivable sin, uh, to commit. And it happens to a lot of people, especially in Hawaii. Cause when you think about Hawaii, you think of, you know, just beautiful, um, scenery and just, you know, awesome having a good time and, you know, taking in the sights, but what you don't think about is how dangerous the terrain um, and the weather can actually be. Um, it's deadly dangerous uh, here and in any place, really, if you are um, cavalier and don't consider your environment uh, and, and don't stop to think about, you know, your preparedness. Um, so not to be too overly, you know, serious or, or sober, uh, sobering or, or whatever, or condemning or, or, you know, that's not my tone here, but just saying, like, take time. Don't, I, again, I'm not like throwing this back on, on anybody that was there, but, um, and I use this term very, very loosely, but like, don't succumb to peer pressure. Like everybody wants to go it if everybody wants to go and you're like me and you're late and you're holding them up, then what you probably should do is just tell them, you know, I'll catch up and then let them go so they can go. And then you get your affairs in order and then, uh, join them. Okay. Um, 
it'll be okay if you don't take off, you know, with the group to begin with. You can catch up with them. Um, so, yeah. So just make sure you have all your stuff. And I would recommend going and buying a Mylar blanket and just keep it in your pack or keep it on your person. If you're going to go out into the wilderness, just in general, um, especially by yourself, take it even if you're going with other people because you never know, they, they may need it too. But that's one of the things that I always carry because um, it just comes in so so handy. And the temperature drops significantly as you go up in elevation. And your temperature is going to drop significantly if you get soaking wet. And it doesn't matter. I believe you can get hypothermia in uh, 70 degree weather if you're wet enough and there's enough uh, uh, wind blowing. Um, I think your core temperature can drop enough to get... Um, uh, case of hypothermia. I may be wrong on that. Maybe I should Google that instead of uh, giving misinformation. So let's see. Highest temp hypothermia. Okay, so we're, we're about to find out. Google's going to tell us. All right. So this is actually telling hyperthermia I click on it just in case I think it tells both ends of the spectrum so at 91 degrees Fahrenheit you can experience amnesia so actually no this is telling you so if your body temperature goes to 91 degrees Fahrenheit you will experience or can experience amnesia at 82 degrees Fahrenheit you can lose consciousness below 70 degrees Fahrenheit you are said to have profound hypothermia and death can occur the record for the lowest body temperature at which an adult has been known to survive is 56.7 degrees Fahrenheit so up on the mountain that day um, as far as my watch registered it was 42 degrees fahrenheit um i'm trying what i'm trying to get at is not the lowest temperatures somebody has gone and lived but there's actually a number it's like uh it's an unbelievable number like it was actually warm outside and somebody got hypothermia so uh let's see if i can find it this is mostly talking about like uh, colder temperatures and sub-zero temperatures do, 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 do. Uh, this is not making for a good podcast trying to find this let me check another source what temperature could cause hypothermia so normal body temperature is around 98.6 degrees fahrenheit hypothermia occurs as your body temperature falls below 95 degrees fahrenheit so that's only you know about three or four degrees that your body temperature has to fall to start experiencing, you know, mild uh, hypothermia. So 
here's what I was looking for. Most cases occur in air temperatures of 30 to 50 degrees, but people can succumb to overexposure even at 60 or 70 degrees. So um, even if it's 60 or 70 degrees outside, you can still get hypothermia. Uh, there is an instrument called a wet bulb globe thermometer, and we used to use them when I was a corpsman in the Navy. And what this instrument does is it actually takes a few different temperatures uh, of the same air, but on one thermometer, there is nothing. So in other words, it's just a thermometer just in the atmosphere and it will take one temperature. So then you've got um, a bulb that you put a wet piece of cloth over and that will give you, um, I guess like a temperature of if, if, you're wet <laughs> or if it's wet like this is the temperature so that's going to be colder than the one that's just in the ambient air and then I there's a third thermometer and I can't remember what that one does um, but anyway yeah so the point being is that the same air can be different temperatures depending on uh, oh that's what it is so you've got one that's inside the the bulb and that's like that's a without wind type temperature, and then you've got the other thermometer that's uh, wet has a wet piece of cloth on the end of it. So you got you got the wet temperature, the dry temperature, and then the temperature with uh, no wind. It's kind of like inside of a bulb, the the end of it. Um, so there's three different temperatures in the same air, um, and so that's why you can get hypothermia at 60 or 70 degrees because if you're soaking wet which we all were um, because it did start raining as we got a little bit higher up in elevation it was just a, a misting uh, type of rain we did all get cold matter of fact I couldn't feel the front part of my legs at one point like I could I was still running and functioning fine I was not shivering um, because I was moving, but like if I touched the front of my legs with my hand, I couldn't feel, uh, I couldn't feel my leg with my hand, which was bad because I had on gloves, but my hands were still that cold. But then also my leg, I couldn't feel my hand touching my leg. And so, um, that's not good when that happens. Uh, that's, that's pretty cold. So, that was a lot of talking just to, to tell everyone to remember uh, to bring your stuff that you need, your emergency supplies. You don't have to bring like a whole like uh, 50 pound uh, Molly medical kit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying bring emergency blanket, bring, um, you know, some, some food to, to get you through uh, and maybe a little bit more just in case. Um, make sure you're wearing warm clothes. So on that particular day, I should have had on uh, a beanie to retain some head heat because I have zero hair on the top of my head. Um, 
and also uh, some kind of uh, waterproof or water resistant shell to stop the wind and to stop my uh, upper body, my torso from getting um, saturated and becoming colder. Because once you begin getting uh, that cold, all your blood flow is redirected towards maintaining your core body temperature. So it's going to be shunted towards um, your vital organs, you know, your heart and everything that's kind of like in your chest. Uh, that's where your blood flow is going to go. And so it kind of goes like out of your head, out of your legs, which are like the main things that you need when you're at that, when you're in like kind of a, a uh, situation like that with very rough terrain and high elevation. You need your mind, you need your legs to, to get you out of that. So um, dress accordingly, bring your emergency supplies. Don't be like a last minute person like me. Um, prepare for, for these things. And so um, that's, that's my whole lesson with that. But um, all in all, like I enjoyed uh, running with those folks and it was a cool, um, little, uh, excursion. Nothing bad happened. Thankfully, um, we actually turned around a little bit sooner than we thought, which was one of the good things that we did. Um, I mean, everything we did was fine, but that was a really good decision to turn back instead of just keep going, going, going. Cause where we were at was, um, was pretty far out in respect to like, it was a lot of, uh, going up and down, uh, hills to get back to our vehicles. And the weather was kind of, we, it was, um, what's the word unpredictable at, at that point we knew that there were storms around. We didn't know for sure. Um, that elevation if storms would move in but it's pretty safe to say that it is a good possibility especially with the the current um, changing weather pattern we were moving to like a different side of the the mountain as well um, we were uh, kind of on a south facing or southern face and we were moving towards uh sort of uh wait a minute let me make sure i get this right we started on an east facing, so facing towards the trade winds that were blowing in, and then we kind of stopped and turned around uh, on a northern face, yeah, right before we kind of sort of got to the, the north face. So um, we turned back around at that point which I think was a good call on everybody's part. Um, yeah, so a lot of things to, to learn there. Like, don't just keep going because you're you're tough. Because um, it's easy to forget just how far back it is to your, your vehicle. And I'm telling you, like, going, going out was pretty much all uphill, but going back down um, was not that much easier than than going up, if I'm being honest, because the terrain was super rocky. It was hard to know if um, 
the ground was firm or if the rocks were loose. And so it was kind of like a slow go. And it was steep enough to where, for me, I'm a, I'm kind of cautious because I've fallen in you know, the recent past. And I don't really want to repeat that on volcanic rock um, anytime soon. So I'm a little bit more cautious when I'm going down these, uh, these inclines. Um, but even if I weren't, it's still kind of a slow go um, going down the side of R1, these Jeep roads. Um, but yeah, it was fun and it kind of uh, got me back in the spirit of doing tough things and wanting to get out and going to these places that are out of the way and have that additional element of um, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know, that was kind of a light version of that. If we would have gone, you know, we were planning on going two hours out and then two hours uh, turn around and then two hours back in. If we would have done the full two hours out, um, it, it would have been more of the um, we're not in Kansas anymore. So this was we're not in Kansas anymore light. And it was fine because my legs were sufficiently tired. Um, by the time we got back to my truck and um but my spirits were super raised and i'm super enthused about going back um to do that and i actually if i if i could you know logistically financially i would go um i would do that run every weekend i think that's a, a great one up r1 but uh, sometimes, you know, weather will just not cooperate. Like even with the best gear, um, it may not be wise to be up on the, the side of that uh, particular mountain. But, um, but yeah, so good times had by all. I did get uh, exposed to a new thing that I'd never seen before. Um, w- one of the people that I was running with had this jacket and it was uh, made by Gore. Um, It's a Gore-Tex jacket, shake dry fabric. Um, If you can find these, I I don't know. I can't recommend it because I don't have one yet, but it was the coolest thing I've seen. It's paper thin uh, shell, but according to the guy that was wearing it, kept them totally dry and it's also uh, wind blocking so the whole time we were going he was totally dry and somewhat warm um, because he was wearing uh, he had like a maybe like a fleece or something on underneath this thing but he was fine he was fine to actually keep going he said Um, and it was the coolest fabric he just literally it's called shake dry so it gets wet you know you shake it and the moisture just pops off and i don't know a whole lot about the material but i do believe that this particular um fabric is not the traditional kind of uh water resistance where it's uh, sort of a chemical that you apply to it that makes the water beat off. I think that this is actually some kind of fabric technology. So like the fabric itself 
is woven or, or manufactured to where it doesn't let water mo- molecules through um, the fabric. I think that's true. Look it up just to make sure. But it's the coolest thing ever, but it is so expensive. Um, you can find it right now. If, you're, um, if you are a female or you like to wear female clothes, uh, Sierra actually has these jackets for about 100 bucks. Um, the men's version is somewhere around uh, $250 to $300 for, for these uh, jackets. Um, according to the guy that had his on uh, last weekend's run, it's totally worth it, and it's a must-have for um, your gear, for getting out in adverse weather. Um, Hoka has a version. There's several different versions of these jackets. Um, they're actually not versions. There's several different jackets by different, I guess, manufacturers that use this shake dry fabric. So you may be able to look around and, and find um, another um, brand besides Gore that makes these things. I found one on the Hoka website and it was 250 and so with tax um, and free shipping it was around 260 261 to to get this jacket. Um, there's some others I can't remember the the brands but there are some others that do use the same um, Fabric, and then there's some different versions of the jacket that don't have hoods um, that you can get. For for me, I wanted the hooded version just because uh, anything I'm gonna wear on my head, as far as like a fleece beanie or um, something like that, it needs to stay dry in order to work. Uh, wool. If I had a wool beanie, I don't have a wool beanie. I don't know if they, if that would be super comfortable or if it would be super itchy. I'm not sure. But um, wool is not, if it gets wet, it still remains effective. It still remains warm. Fleece is, once it gets wet, it's not, uh, it loses its warming uh, properties. Um having a hood keeps the wind off which was a huge thing that day my ears were pretty cold um and so it would have been nice i had a a uh, what do you call it handkerchief type thing tied around my head and i had a ball cap on on top of that so i just wasn't very prepared very equipped for for that cold uh, and the wet. So the hood, you know, it's multi-purpose, keeps your head from being wet, and then also uh, keeps it maybe a little bit warm, keeps that heat inside. You can cinch down the, the hood and sort of stay a little bit warm. Um, but yeah, so cool piece of gear, um, Gore-Tex uh, Shake Dry. And so they make those for running, and then they also make them for cycling uh, 
And then I think they have, you know, fashion versions of those jackets as well. So whatever your, your fancy, um, I think they've got you covered. Uh, but yeah, so Sierra had some good deals. Honestly, the women's version, if you can fit into their largest one and you're a guy, I, they don't look that much different from uh, the, the men's version. If you can save like 200 bucks, I mean, I think that would be totally worth it. Um, they were just too small for me. I'm kind of a, a big guy, so there was just no way. The extra large in, in the quote-unquote women's size was uh, going to be just too small for, for me. So I couldn't take advantage of that those great deals. But Sierra has them for pretty cheap right now. I was able to get some uh, some running tights from Sierra's website. So I'll be wearing those next time I go up on a rainy, windy day on Mount Ikea instead of uh, just shorts. That was a little bit of a, a mistake. My legs were like frozen solid. Um, by the time we got back to the truck, which was only, I think, like an hour, maybe like an hour, 30 minutes, maybe two hours. I don't remember, but uh, I could actually just look at Strava right now. Um two hours, about two hours exactly, we were out and I was already sort of a popsicle um, at 42 degrees Fahrenheit, 100% humidity, rainy. Um, The wind speed was eight miles an hour and uh, it felt like 36 degrees Fahrenheit according to Strava. So that's pretty cold. I talked that to death, but uh, the bottom line to that is shake dry is cool. I like it. Um, It's way expensive for my taste. If you listen to this podcast before and uh, if you just know me as a person, uh, I'm not particularly into like, um, I don't ascribe to the belief that you have to have all the fanciest gadgets in order to do something that you love, like run, and you don't. Um, You could easily run on beach road like I've been doing and probably never need um, a shake dry jacket. But if you want to challenge yourself and you want to live to run another day um, up on Mount Ikea, then I would suggest that you do have some sort of um, something to keep you dry. And some sort of something to keep you warm um, if you're going to run up there. All right. I think I've talked about that so much, but it was a fun trip. I was glad I got to go. I'm hoping to go back uh, many more times. And again, that was uh, the R1 trail. So it's a Jeep road hiking, uh, I think, uh, motorcycle, ATV, maybe horses too. Uh, I think the whole shebang you can you can go on that. And then there's also, there's other Jeep roads, you name it, R whatever. Um, R1 and R10 are kind of like the main, the main ones. And then everything else sort of splits off from there. But uh, look at a map. It's a interesting spaghetti, bowl of spaghetti, all the trails that are up there. Um, 
And so that was trail time. Uh, I really have not much for alternative modality. I've been going, I went back to hot yoga yesterday. I kind of laid off for a little bit um, just because of that heel injury. And then also because of uh, leading up to the ultra marathon, I didn't want to go and stretch that anything else too far or, uh, you know, overexert that heel, um, lose a bunch of electrolytes, you know, I was kind of sort of tapering for a week preceding the, the ultra. And then, um, after I kind of laid off too for all the same reasons, I could barely walk. Um, I was kind of like limping around for about a week, but, um, I did go back to hot yoga yesterday and it was awesome. They're always really, um, nice, uh, at Hilo hot yoga or hot yoga of Hilo. I don't remember which one it is, but, um, they're always really nice, always good classes. I like it because, um, it always makes me think about how much I wish it would hurry up and be over. And so I know that I'm building uh, some resilience and I know that it's not easy. Um, I don't, I prefer things not be easy and be a little bit, a little bit tough, you know? So that's one of the reasons I like it because it's hot, it's uncomfortable, I'm stretching, but then also I'm noticing improvement in my flexibility. And so my, my reasons for going were to, uh, were for the heat because I, I like to sit in saunas. I like to sit in hot tubs. I like that heat element. Um, but then also I knew that my flexibility, like sitting and, and reaching, touching my toes or, you know, being able to bend over, uh, uh, and be flexible. Uh, I knew that I'm suffering in that area and it's not good, uh, to lose that flexibility. So I wanted to have that and I can see that it's improving. So, um, for the foreseeable future, I'll I'll be going back to hot yoga um, at least twice a week. Uh, but that's that's it for alternative modality. Again, hot yoga of Hilo, I believe, is the actual name of the place, and it's on uh, Bayfront. Super nice. Uh, you can sign up for uh, I think the first month is about a third of what. Um, the regular ultimate, uh, pass, uh, will be. So it's kind of a good deal just to check it out. Um, just the tips. I kind of gave everybody all the tips. Just, you know, use your brain before, during, and after these big runs or, you know, make sure you, you're not uh, getting in and over your head. Um, going into a training run or going into a, a race. Um, don't show up to gym class believing that you're going to climb the rope. Show up to gym class, you know, with huge uh, biceps and uh, forearms because you've been training and then climb the rope. Um Carry all your emergency supplies. Make sure you dress for the weather. Um, 
if you need to turn around for your own safety or whatever reason, then do it. Carry your cell phone. Those are just the tips for today. And then also, never forget your emergency blanket. Always have your Mylar emergency blanket. They're so cheap. Why not um, carry one in your vehicle all the time? I do. Uh, what about Strava? What about Strava? Nothing much. Strava, Strava. Mental nuggets. I think I'm out of mental nuggets. I don't have any sort of uh, like personal advice for for this week. I think just the same thing that I've always said. If you're in a, a sticky situation, always look around. Remember that um, that's not how it's going to be forever. That's just how it is for right now. Uh, press on and and uh, you'll come through on the other side and things will definitely change um, and that's true for for any time in life things are always going to change um, and so don't get don't get down just look around and know that um, you can get through it uh, good tracks this week uh, so most people will not understand this, but so good tracks is just where I tell you what I've been listening to, um, in the hopes that you'll find it amusing or, uh, useful information. So most people won't find this useful or amusing and won't know what I'm talking about. But back in the day when I was a, uh, a much younger man, uh, I'm talking, high school uh and young adulthood like 20s there used to be a radio station in atlanta wnnx 99.7 99x and they were popular for their alternative mix so you could find uh you know anything from like 311 cake nerf herder um you know some 41 um to like the cure, the police, um, the Ramones, like pretty much anything alternative, you could find it on uh, 99X. And so they they had you know just this uh, incredible mishmash of uh, disc jockeys, and it all just worked. It was the alternative station, like I. And I'm sure that there were ones like it uh, in other places, but it was kind of like a, an institution for for kids growing up within uh, reach of their frequency. So, like, all through high school, that was, like, the thing. Um, 99X, and they would always have all their, their festivals, you know, big day out, and uh, promoting different concerts. And so it was just a different era, I think in music in general, but, uh, they also had a morning show, which went through like several iterations. Um, but Barnes, Leslie, Jimmy, and Toucher were the, um, the morning house that I can remember. Um, and I used to always enjoy listening to them, and they would always have like um, 
special guests. And so, well, not really. I mean, yes, they would have special guests, but they would always have like special segments. There was a bunch of like different characters that were sort of like re- recurring um, staples on that show. But um, recently, for whatever reason, I kind of went down memory lane and decided to poke around and found out that uh, the morning show hosts actually got back together. So um, Barnes, Leslie, and uh, Jimmy got back together to do a podcast. And of course, they've all moved on. They all do different stuff now, but there's a podcast that is on Spotify. It's called The Pop Culture Show. And that is the former hosts of um, the 99X Morning Show. And so I've been enjoying listening to that. Of course, that's a podcast. It's not really music. But another thing I did discover, too, um, was on Spotify, there are several different playlists that play, um, that have 99X uh, rotation on them. So anything that you would have heard on um 99x is on uh, some of these playlists there's several different ones some are more uh, prolific than others but um, I found one particular one that has just a lot and so I like to put that on shuffle and it's really uh, it's a really neat feeling like because so many songs have memories attached to them like good memories uh, from uh, being a teenager being a crazy kid um, and, uh, you know, different people, different memories attached to all these songs. And so it's cool to, to listen to the, to that, um, particular Spotify and just hear all this stuff. Um, and so that's been cool. The 99X Spotify, uh, stations, I guess you would call them, but, uh, and then also finding out that the morning show had gotten back together, but those are, uh, my good tracks for this uh, particular podcast. And so I think, I think that's about it. I'm not even sure what the the time is on this, but I'm pretty sure I've been going far too long. Uh, Only about an hour, 25 minutes, but I think that's enough for my, my idle chit chat for, for this uh, episode, but um, yeah, everybody out there, stay safe. Um, thanks for listening. I will be back. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to talk to this guy, Justin, and see if I can get him on the podcast. I He's actually the one that invited me to Mauna Kea last weekend, um, and he's the one that ran around uh, Big Island. So I'm pretty sure this guy's got a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about. And he's a pretty cool guy. So um, I'm going to see if I can get him on and maybe have a little bit better conversation back and forth um, for the next episode. Um, just as uh, a thank you to everyone who's still listening um but yeah so continue to stay safe and until next time um take care